This episode discusses suicide and our experience with suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you are struggling with suicidal ideation or thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. As a true baseball fan, fantasy football does not get me rock hard like fantasy baseball does. That might be a controversial statement, but how I feel. And plus, my team name is Auto Draft Nation. Do you really think I'm trying? You're better than I did last year. Do you say, wait, do you say I did better than you did last year? In the regular season, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just happened to fall into dumb luck, or not dumb luck, terrible luck, all the way to the Toilet Bowl champion, where Zach, the, the brilliant mastermind of fantasy football that he is, I really to wanted be to be a give blind squirrel who found a nut once in his lifetime to actually win a game of fantasy football. So on paper, I was a thousand times better than Zach. He just happened to win the last game. On on paper, you were infinitely better than Zach, percentage-wise. I don't remember who had my team last year. Who was my quarterback? Can we just vote him off the island? Infamous Jameis. Oh, dude, that was a rough – that was a hard call. He – yeah, he's 30-30, you know. Something nobody in baseball is going to do this year. I also had another guy on my team that was also a terrible human being. Aaron Hernandez? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he turned out to be a terrible human being. But but also, like, anybody who had him on his team, unfortunately, the first thought that crossed their mind was, well, what about my fantasy? Yeah, (laughs) football, you really have to separate the personality from the talent more than most sports. That's... It makes me feel so dirty. <laughs> That's why baseball's played by stand-ups. <laughs> like Pete Rose. Like Pete Rose. Or uh, who was that I guy on the Astros? Oh, you mean the entire Astros team? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great, organization. <laughs> Great organization. They're, they're clean and they, they scouts honor over there. You know what I'm talking about. So. Or like uh, the, the Rangers pitcher who gave up a home run while, or a grand slam last night while down seven runs and threw a hissy fit and got suspended for throwing at the next batter. I mean, that was, can't, that was Tatis Jr., dude. Like, I didn't even know that was an unwritten rule of baseball. Like, if you're, up, down by, if you're up by, like, a certain amount of runs on a 3-0 pitch, you don't swing. Like, that's so – You know what sport doesn't have unwritten rules? Football. Football just keeps writing Boom. new <laughs> Football has too many rules. That's true. Too many rules. Yeah, that's why they call it the no fun. Cricket league. has that perfect balance, which is why I prefer it to baseball. Oh, Cricket is a longer sport, a slower sport. And yet it's somehow more popular. I like I don't understand how <laughs> most Americans talk about baseball being a super slow and boring sport. And I'm like, well, go look at cricket. It's Five times longer. T twenty cricket is a different beast. T twenty cricket's cool. I like that. Yeah. But like I will still get all of you guys to watch like a game. Five days of just standing around a dick in their hands and waiting for the ball to come to them. Story of your life. I feel like the only way I could get through that, like a five day game of just cricket, would be to be horrendously drunk by the fourth day. Like well, you just, it is- start, you just start drinking first day. You keep it ca- classy. Second day, you like switch from like, you know, wine to beer, and from beer to like. Then third day, you start drinking some hard liquor, and by the fourth day, you just don't remember the rest of the game. Like, 
It's like, they, you come back and it's like day one again. You're like, whoa, what happened? Trying to tell us something there, Jack? What, that I want to drink? Yeah. Nah. Welcome back to another episode of What Dad Podcast, bringing you the meeting after the meeting every week. Our mission is to bring you, the listener, questionable entertainment and talk about whatever we want. I'm Zach. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jack. Do you have any reservations? I Oh, that's a great question, Zach. That's a good um, question. That's a really good question. I, in the beginning, I did have reservations in the beginning. I think most people do. Um, I think it's very rare for somebody to come back and be, or come into the room and be like, I am done forever. Like, I came in unwilling, like most people, and I came in as a 22-year-old college student who just wanted to basically move into a sober living and attend meetings so I could stay in school. That was the deal I got. And my best thinking was I would do this for the four months of the semester and then go right back to it. Like that was my reservation, right? And of course, you know, some shit happened. I got kicked out of school in the middle of that. I actually hit a rock bottom in, I think my rock bottom was like 20 days sober. Like a lot of people talk about like their rock bottom in like addiction. Like mine was definitely 20 days sober. Yeah, I always think of that in addiction. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I ended up in a psych ward two weeks after I quit doing anything. So Wait, what? I, I get that. Yeah. I didn't know this. When you when you, you seem like such a mild mannered child, like how did you end up? Sorry. <laughs> when you stop doing psychedelics, cold turkey. I feel you, like there's no taper for psychedelics. Don't give no, like LSD. Yeah. You, know, like, you, you stop oh, you took doing 10 that. Hits? All right, here's five. All right, it just, it makes you off. want to kill yourself. So that's how I ended up in the psych ward. Did you like attempt? No, there's like a, it, you're very depleted of uh, uh, endorphins and shit like that. Serotonin. Serotonin, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, so Jack, how did you uh, exacerbate your addiction while in sobriety to have a bottom at 20 days? There we go. Got uh, a word. Oh, man. I got kicked out of school. Like, it was simple <laughs> as that. Like, it was the one thing I was holding on to. I got kicked out on. You know, it, it really sucked. It like really, really forced me to like really see what I was trying to do. You know, I could have easily have run. Easily, I could have just dipped out of my sober living and never gone back. Yeah, and I bet you wanted to at that time oh, too. Oh man, I wanted to. I so badly wanted to. And like when I got the news a couple weeks later of being kicked out, I like called the the drug and alcohol counselor on campus, and he's like, "What was the verdict?" I was like, "Well, I got kicked out." And he's like, he said okay, I already knew that, but what are you going to go do? And I was like, look, I'm going to walk back to the sober living. So it was like half a mile away. And there's a liquor store um, right in front of the sober living. I don't think I'm going to make it past the liquor store. And this man sprinted, sprinted across campus. This like 58 year old overweight man came sprinting across campus. Hey, super and, impressed that at 20 days sober, you're able to make a call to stop you from drinking in a very enervating experience. Right, right. I mean, this was like, maybe I had like 50 days sober at this point when I finally got kicked out. But like the, the original news of like, yeah, dude, you, you can't be here. Um, 
like I couldn't come on campus at 20 after 20 days over there. It's like, yeah, leave. <laughs> like, um, and it sucked, man. Like that, that was like my rock bottom and um, just going through that whole process. Like, of, so you, you don't count that as it, you count that as insobriety, but it was a direct cause of your addiction, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was definitely, it happened in December and I got sober January 13th. Um, so it was right the month right before I got sober. Yeah. It definitely did happen in my addiction. The consequences of what happened in my actions absolutely happened when I was sober. And I mean, your bottom is just when you stop. It's not when, you know, like that could have gone much worse. That could have gone much worse. If I had still been drinking or using, dude, I would have been. Yeah. Mm, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Alexa, shut your whore mouth. All right, Alexa, stop. No, nope, Alexa, stop. <laughs> All right. But, you know, it, it, I do have to say this. Cause I, I share that when I, when I when you speak at meetings. Um, you guys have heard that. But, like, what it forced me to do was to really reevaluate what the hell I was doing in sobriety. You know, and the one thing I was holding on to, my plan that was masterfully organized while high on Adderall and alcohol and other drugs for weeks on end clearly did not work anymore. Um, and it, it forced me to get honest. It forced me to talk, it forced me to get honest about like uh, what my role and my action was, um, my part, my tape, my part and everything. It sucked. It wasn't fun. It really wasn't fun. And like, if, you know, fortunately, I, I, when I thought my life was over, uh, actually turned out that that was the absolute that had to absolutely happen for me to get sober. I had to absolutely walk through all of that pain sober just to like even have a chance of asking somebody to sponsor me. Yeah, um, that's like the yeah. one thing that I try not to tell people like their first week of sobriety is like, there are gonna be painful things you have to walk through sober to get this, you know, dealing with emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, that was the whole point. <laughs> of using for me was to not feel any emotions whatsoever. Yeah. And that was like, that is taken away. Plus all of the wreckage that it's caused. It's like, it's not just feeling emotions, but it's like, if I hadn't felt the need, the part of the reason I felt the need to get sober is how bad things were. So the emotions that I'm now feeling for the first time are going to be very bad. And the only so, way I'm really curious, through. how did you end up in a psych ward? Psych ward? I mean, I've never heard you tell the story. Like I've heard, well, you, I've heard you share at meetings. I've never heard you say, oh yeah, I too was in a psych ward. It, I mean, it, it was really like, like it was really like the, the psych ward processing facility. It was like, basically what happened was I spent like, I just had like a complete, break from from reality and this like inability to do anything i was paralyzed like i literally couldn't even go get food it was just like it was like the thought process was like i'm gonna have to stand up walk outside my door close my door lock my door walk down the steps walk down another set of steps walk out the dorm walk across the street walk across another street go into the dining hall give the person my dining hall car you know this is, it was like that type of spiraling thinking it was like there were eight million steps to get food and so it was like 
that was kind of where my mindset was. And so I just like, kind of your your neurotic tendencies just shot. Yes. 10 million percent. To use one of Zach's words, which he has already used correctly, it exacerbated all of the worst parts oh. of my thinking. Um, and I basically sat in my dorm for like three hours with a knife to my wrist. Jesus. Um, but it was just like, and I just kept being like, I'm going to do it. 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 And I, like, at a certain point, I was like, look, I'm clearly not going to do this, but I clearly need help. Let me go. No, to no, it. absolutely. You clearly need help. <laughs> so made, I made, the one choice you made in that situation was the good one. I, I, I ended up like, you know, paramedics came in and like, I ended up going to like the what whole do paramedics do in that situation. Are they just like, yeah. drop the knife and then like tackle you? Yeah. At that point, I, at that point I had let go of it. At that point I was like, look, let me get help. And they came in and like, where's the knife? I was like, I threw it away already. Like what, what type of knife was it? I don't know. It was like a pocket knife, a steak knife, yeah. knife. <laughs> plastic knife. I don't really remember at this point. I don't remember a whole lot from that day. Uh, it was, I, you know. So next time you tell people about this, tell them it was like a fucking machete. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. You're really going to cut the whole hand a off. A rusty, dull machete. <laughs> yeah. It was. I remember. I remember. I remember what it was. I had pulled the razor out of a razor, like a razor blade out oh, of a shit. razor. Oh, that's legit, dude. Yeah. It wasn't it? Have you seen those? Those are so thin and little. It looks like a metal Xanax. But that was like where I was at. I was like, I might, I mean, it, I was like, I might as well try. I might I've as well. 13 Reasons Why. That definitely did the job. Did, did, yeah. I told you guys about my experience in boarding school, right? Why I got my razors taken away. Wait, why did you get your razors taken away? Oh my God. I had this roommate who was, um, he was into ICP and he just watched like animal porn and just like, he's a really weird person. And, so he was um, into interspecies erotica? Yeah. I'm not even joking. It was disgusting. And I came back one day to find him in the bathroom. He had hung like himself. Like off to interspecies erotica? Yes, that wasn't a joke. Oh, <laughs> Did you ever walk in on him? Like, oh, oh, sorry. Yes, it was awful. So this one day I woke, I, I walked in on him uh, and he had hung himself in the bathroom and oh, slit his yeah. wrist with my razor. Ah. And so I undid the noose, screamed for the staff, and that's why I was never allowed to have razors. Yeah. That yeah, seems... Fair. Did, wait, first off, did your roommate live? Yes. Okay. All right. And we've made a lot of suicide <laughs> jokes lately. Just want to make sure we have a success story. <laughs> yes he lived all right but yeah so like that was i i ended up in like some like waiting room where all the doors were locked and they had to take my sweatshirt because it had a little drawstring in it mm. and that they put you in a padded um, room no they never put me in the padded room as the, as it was sort of it you took like four back. hours to process anybody i was sitting in the Wait, you were over 18 right when this happened yes Yes. So at any time you could have just walked out. I tried to. The door wouldn't unlock. So, um, you, so somebody no, else. If you, if you go in for suicide, you you are involuntarily held. So basically, What's the I was between suicide and thoughts of harm. No, no, no. If they if they bring you in, like he probably would you get? Did you get fifty one fifty or? Did I don't you... think so. I was in the process of it and waiting in a waiting room with other people who were also dealing with mental health issues, staring at the only picture in the room for four hours while they were like just 
it was like 10 o'clock at night. So like, um, <laughs> did you talk to anybody else? Did you were like, Hey, would you try? <laughs> no, no. And, but it was like in that four hours, it was like, cause at this point I had been 14 days sober, but I did, I had no program. I hadn't been to any meetings. And like in the, in the time of waiting, I was like, okay, yes, I really wanted, wanted to kill myself earlier this evening. But I think right now what I realize is I don't want to spend the next three days in a psychiatric hospital. So I'm going to go to a meeting tomorrow. And so when they like processed, were processing me and talking to me and they were, you know, I sort of like convinced them like, Hey, I'm not going to kill myself tonight. I'm okay now. And they let me go. I got a question for you guys. If yeah. someone who is like, like clearly suicidal but like then when you ask them the suicide questions like hey do you have any thoughts of harm do you have any intention do you have a plan and they answer all of that appropriately like what steps do you take in that situation i have in my five and a half years working in treatment i have only seen one client actually huh. suicidal um and it was one of the most um What's the word I'm looking for? Surreal experiences I've ever had. The guy came in, uh, his wife basically came in the next day and gave him divorce papers. Oh, she Lost couldn't even get absurd. He was like two, he was like two days sober, barely sober. I think we were giving him like Xanax or something. And he had had a history of suicidal ideation and we brought him in and normally when I ask, I've asked, I've had to ask those like three questions a couple times. Like, do you have, do you have a plan? Are you rehearsing? Do you have intent to harm yourself? Um, or others. Or I others. Right. Me. Right. And um, most of the time when people like in treatment, at least claim to be like suicidal, a lot of times, unfortunately, they're kind of looking for attention. And when you claim to be suicidal at a treatment center, it's like, everything shuts down for that moment. It's like, all right, you're the only important thing right now. Uh, I've seen guys claim to be suicidal and then just basically go on vacation for the, the 5150. Um, so as I do know what you're talking about, I feel like it's a really insensitive thing for you to say. It is. It is. Absolutely. Because that one person really needs you right then. Right. Absolutely. And my, the, other, the other half of what I'm trying to say is the one guy that was actually suicidal and he, when I, when we got to those like questions of like, are you suicidal? Do you have a plan? Are you rehearsing? Do you have plans to carry it out? He was so far removed from the reality of the situation. It was just completely honest. He was just like, yes, I do. I have been rehearsing. I do have a razor. I do have a plan to carry it out. And it was weird because you, you would watch him like. Oh, and so, means. That's the other question. Yeah. Like, do you have the means to carry it out? And he had a razor. He had had a razor. He'd, been, he'd come honest about it. Yeah. Um, and because I've been asked that question a few times by clients, by other people who are just curious. And my, my experience is like, if somebody's already in that state, there's no reason for them to lie. There's no so reason. You don't have an answer to the question. You just told me your experience. Because, I mean, I've had a similar experience where like, Mine was, mine was a girl and she, um, she actually was just like the sweetest person you wouldn't even notice on the surface. And then like when she got, she went into therapy 
she opened up to her therapist and her therapist contacted us was like hey like you need to go remove this stuff from the woman's unit right now and then we just transferred her out and she had answered all the questions like no uh i didn't actually ask her the questions but someone i think the facility manager or the therapist did ask her the questions and right. uh yeah she ended up getting transferred out unfortunately she uh ama'd from the new facility as soon as she got there but um you know yeah yeah no, i was i was sober living as a managing sober living when a kid actually did the company also had a treatment center and the, the kid at the treatment center actually you know, he, had, he had hung himself uh, which was a horrendous day um, yeah. and very unfortunate but yeah i don't i've never had the experience of like walking in on somebody so yeah we went dark today guys yeah so we sort of touched on it but i'm guessing the topic seems to have settled into do you have to hit rock bottom yeah is that what we're yeah is that what we're talking about uh that was one of the topics i threw out in the email well we've definitely those things uh i read do you have to hit rock bottom before getting sober all right zach what was your rock bottom to our irish brothers out there um you know i my rock bottom fucking i'm not irish oh okay i know we said irish so (laughs) recently found out that zach is a communist i am not a communist i'm the biggest patriot on the that has nothing your ethnicity i don't know dude i I think a hidden like a secret agent communist would definitely play the role of a super patriotic if i'm a sleeper agent don't you think i'd be able to speak russian i don't know dude if you were a sleeper agent i think you'd be able to speak english that was a good one (laughs) (laughs) or at least Uh, read it that was clever that was clever anthony's got jokes tonight yeah he does anthony's on fire which is amazing because i'm starving jack here's the gas um he does I guess Wait, I'll just so talk can... about what gave me anxiety this weekend. Wait, so you really burnt down that taco truck? Where are we going tonight? I burned down come? all the taco trucks. There's yeah, no way you had a chance to, to burn down several thousand taco trucks. You know, you guys would know. I'm like, I'm like Santa Claus, dude. I just, I get everywhere. If you guys followed me on Instagram, you know that I was there last night. Before it burned down? Before it burned down. Yeah, it's no longer there, Zach. So it's like a... A rest in peace photo. Dude, time. you're such a dick. You did the 99 cent store too, didn't you? That was my favorite 99 cent store. That was my favorite 99 cent store too. But it just had to go. Yeah. All right, rock bottoms. Oh, yeah. Rock sure. bottoms. Uh, my rock bottom was a two part emotional and uh, physical or like financial bottom. Um, I had gotten sober once. And I had gotten a couple of jobs in sobriety and I had relapsed and I, in my relapse had gone through all of the money that I had saved up. I totaled my car twice, fixed it the first time and then totaled it into an Audi, um, lost where I was supposed to live. My mom was in another country and not speaking to me. That's not true. She, she called me for an hour one time and then just proceeded to scream at me for an hour in the office in front of like a dozen drug addicts. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I called my aunt like any good Jewish boy does. And I said, I need to go I mean, back is that to like a Jewish thing. Like, I actually don't know to call your family when you're in trouble. Yeah. Call your aunt. 
Well, I mean, I just, if you were paying attention, Jack, I just said that my mom was out of the country, which is why I called my aunt. And uh, screaming at him. Yeah. But then um, you, you said she screamed at you in front of, like, a bunch of people in the office. So I assume that. It was, were yeah, you, you know what? I just wasn't treatment? paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't paying attention. <laughs> Thank you for admitting it. Um, so now that Jack's paying attention, everybody, I guess I'll start speaking again. Jack. Um, I mean, <laughs> nice assuage. This foreign country your mother was in, was it Russia? <laughs> yeah, was it Russia? Was she giving, like, secret No, she was in Europe. Russia? Was she overthrowing a, a democratically elected president to install a communist dictatorship? Sorry, I've been reading books about the Cold War. Nice. Also, you just, uh, you know, could have paraphrased anything from Archer right there. Doesn't have to be history. True. I mean, if you're only referencing the Cold War via Archer, I think you have a very, like, very poor understanding of what the Cold War was. A bunch of secret agents having sex. Do you not understand how I get by in life? The League, Archer... And various other shows that I enjoy very much. Okay, yeah. Zach's I'll definitely American. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Not buying it. I think he's uh, he studied the American way. He studied the the middle class white male American way, and uh, he's planted himself right in there. All right, so you're there that I'm not. I'm not you're rock bottom. But yeah, so um, I I realized in that moment where I was going to be homeless, no money, no car, that uh, I could do one of two things. I could fucking go to my dealer's house and figure it out day to day and be actually homeless, which is just uncomfortable for me because the only time that I had never had a house before, I was just selling drugs and I had a place to go. I just wasn't going there. Um, and I realized, wow, I'm a bitch and I don't want to live on the streets. I have the opportunity to go to treatment and I chose that way. That was Were you were you fair. willing? Here's here's the thing. Were you in that moment were you willing to and had the understanding of what your decision was? Like were you did you understand that you weren't going to get high again at that moment? Or were you just like I just do not want to feel this way right now anymore? Um, I knew that I was never going to get high again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, for the next couple of days, I got really high. I mean, I still went to my dealer's house and picked up. <laughs> See but, the little uh, of both strategies. Yeah, I, so I had like two more days or I had like a night and two days, you know, the rest of that day. And then whatever, uh, until I had to go to detox or until my aunt could figure out where to send me. So I had like two grams of fentanyl and like 60 Xanax and, I did all of them. Actually, I said, I think I still had some Xanax. I don't think I could find all of them. Because I know that when my brother searched my room afterwards, he found a bunch of Xanax. I feel like that might have possibly saved your life a little bit. Not being able to do all 60 Xanax. I, dude, I think for some reason, whenever I take Xanax, like, I take them like fucking M&Ms. And then I start to hide them so I don't take them all. Because I want to have more for later. Do you forget where, they, uh, where you put them? Yes. You know who else does that? Everyone else that takes Xanax? No, squirrels. Squirrels do that with acorns. That's why we have so many trees. Yeah. That's how forests are grown. So somewhere near your dealer's house, there's a Xanax tree growing. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's exactly how that works. 
Yes. Because of the squirrels, there are no Xanax trees. No, I'm just saying you, you have very sim- very uh, common similarities to uh, squirrels. Or anyone that's ever taken Xanax. You hide things, you steal things. Hey, you all fight. I'm saying is squirrels did it first, dude. <laughs> do you, do you, did you do the same thing with your Zandies? Or do you know where all those are? Yeah, I was so disappointed that this didn't even trick you guys for a second. Zach, we know that you're not about to relapse, dude. Why not? Because we also know you're not stupid enough to do it in front of us if you did relapse. Like any good drug addict. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't tell any of you guys. I would just do it. And then I'll try to keep it for a secret. I mean, this is exactly how I relapsed last time. I didn't tell anyone. I got high. And then I didn't do it again for like another month or two. And then I tried to do it one more time. Fuck everything mom up. yelled at you. These candies and Wait, so let me get this straight. The fact that your mom screamed at you is the reason why you got sober. No. She screamed at me because she thought I was sober when she heard I was back in rehab. Yeah. Well, she screamed at me because I got into a car accident with her dog in the car. Ergo, oh, you yeah. got sober. Yes. <laughs> so basically, your mom just screamed at you. You were like, you know what? This isn't worth it. Well, that's the emotional component to my pain, like finding out that I'm a piece of shit drug addict again. Fair. Yeah. Fair. For like the fifth time in a decade. You know? It's half a decade, dude. Good job. What? You said like the fifth time in a decade. So I said that's half a decade. And then I congratulated you. Yeah. My bottom is not, it's very uh, similar to everyone else's. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I wouldn't discredit your bottom, dude. I mean, it wasn't no. fun at all. No, I'm did. just saying I could have kept going. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I chose I the easier, going. softer way. Yeah, you know how many people yeah. don't make that choice? And then, I mean, yeah. you can always keep going until you overdose and die. And a lot of people do. I mean, at that point, though, like, I'm pretty sure I wanted to die. I just didn't want yeah. to commit suicide. Right. But, like, if I died, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, yeah. That's how I work. Yeah. Same. I mean, nah. Yeah, but out of the three of us, I mean... Jack, I don't know how much you're drinking. I'm sure excessive amounts were like still within the legal, not legal limit, but like, you know, I'm sure you were fucked up. I don't think you could have killed yourself on alcohol literally by just drinking and sitting there. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like, when that takes 40 years. Car. Look, my best plan at the end was like, man, I just want to get hit by a car. And I just want to walk across the street and get hit by a car. That's it. Yeah, I, I was really into I want to go to sleep and not wake up, but sort of to your point, Zach, I wasn't really doing anything that could do that to me. Yeah. yeah, like the amount of fentanyl that I was doing in one day would like kill a lesser man. <laughs> or just one who wasn't doing fentanyl every day. Exactly. <laughs> um, I tried to convince one of my friends when I was using to uh, let me run over his foot so we could get oxy. That didn't work. <laughs> he tried to hey look I got an idea if I run over your foot we can get you some oxys and then yeah. we can sell them mm-hmm. I've I've 
I remember catching like five minutes of a special on Oxycontin because like hockey was over or something and like literally talking about people doing that, like breaking their hand with a hammer just to get more Oxys. Have and you I was guys like, ever done I get one that. of the original 80s? No. I, maybe. I have no idea. I hate they, it. I, I, I hate it. They so dude. good. I think I needed them for my sh- reconstructive shoulder surgery. Yeah, but shoulder surgery, they probably would only given you like 30s. 30s. Oh, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Dude, I hated yeah. opiates. They gave me straight morphine when I was uh, 10. I broke my arm. Oh, yeah? You didn't have to straight trap they, for it? They gave didn't me... straight trap for it. They just gave it to me in the children's hospital. They Morphine gave me... is fantastic because I don't know if you know this, but your body metabolizes opiates. It has to, like, convert in your body to morphine to, like, make your receptors go... Um, I one time got this sublingual liquid morphine yeah. that was going to expire in a month, so I got it for really cheap. Wait, I don't even know how wait, drugs expire. Sublingual liquid? Yes, it was it was like in liquid tincture? form. Yes, okay. But it was morphine. So you nice. take the syringe and you put like thirty cc's on your tongue, and it's supposed to just make you like. <sighs> I was drinking that shit like it was nothing, son. That was awesome. Schwab. I hated opiates. Oh my god, they're so good. They're they not, warm dude. blanket of comfort and confidence. Uh, they gave me fentanyl after my ATV accident. That was the fucking bee's it, knees, wasn't it? It was. It was both. It was the most incredible, terrifying thing I've ever felt. Better than was, sex. Um, well, yeah, we talked about it. said that thirty years ago. Yeah. Well, because it, it was. It like, would have been better than meeting my father. <laughs> Don't meet you here, Zach. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now we know why you did so many opiates. Yeah. The. Uh, I mean, it was just like scary because it was like that was one of the worst days of my life. Like, my fiance and I both could have easily been killed and yeah but did the fentanyl make it so much better no that was the thing it was like again one of the worst days ever and they i was in tremendous pain they thought i'd broken my hip i did break my shoulder again and again and they were like you know they were like don't be a hero let us give you something for the pain and instantly it wasn't the worst day of my life anymore yeah it it was and it was you know i had like five and a half years sober at this point and i was like i don't i don't ever want to go out on this stuff because like holy shit it just it just made everything all of a sudden better so literally what you just explained is one of my biggest fears in sobriety is having Mm. some type of accident where it would be necessity for me to take opiates is I mean, literally one of my biggest fears. I've had, I've dislocated my shoulder three times in sobriety. <laughs> and I've, I've had, I've had five operations. Wait, so and are you counting when you broke your shoulder as dislocating it? I did both. Um, Anthony, it's my fear. All right. Yeah. Well, no, I was saying Don't like, he's so selfish, Anthony. God. Yeah. I was, Anthony. I was just saying you, like you lean into your support system. You, you keep your sponsor oh, yeah, up no, to date I'm, on everything you take. You share about it. It's like... You, totally you, clear on what I would need to do. Yeah. Still scares the shit out of me. And that's probably healthy. It's like... That's a healthy fear. Mine yeah. is uh, if I have a kid and they put him on ADHD medication. Oh, that's a good fear. That's a good I don't fear. think what I would allow have... it. I think I'd be like, look, dude, he's seven. He has energy. 
calm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that case, wouldn't you just be like, here, non-addict mother form, you hold these. Don't tell me where they are. Don't put them where I can find them. And when you start to dig around, call either of us and we'll come. I don't Look, know. Look, if I've made the decision to take a future child of mine's Adderall or Vivance or whatever in the, like, I'm already too far gone at that point. Like, it's, it's happening. Yeah, your yeah, mind's lost. Yeah, that shit ain't Fwegsies. Yeah. Like, like if Zach speaking... got in an accident, right? Let's say he, like, walks outside and someone runs over his foot and they're like, hey, let's try and get some oxygen out of it, right? If Zach chooses to go ahead and do that, like, he's too far gone. Like, right. Right. I do well, want to interrupt and talk about addicts trying yeah, to get no, drugs. I, <laughs> I really want to take a, a sidebar moment to talk about your spelling of Fwegsies. Respect the sidebar. Because I thought it was a bastardization of the word Fuego. And now I really want to know how you think Fuego is spelled. I know Fuego. You're talking about the fact that I put a W in there instead of a U and an O. Um, <laughs> you spell Fuego? Look, don't w- judge my spelling. <laughs> it's a made-up word that I use how I so choose. That's how words are invented. I don't know if you've ever read the book Frindle. It's like my favorite fifth-grade, five-year-old book or elementary school book. But the entire book, it's, called, it's about how this kid takes a pen and he calls it a Frindle instead of a pen. And he makes it so cool that all the other kids in the school start calling the pen a Frindle. And the... The only reason that words have power is because we give them power. If I want foyegzies to mean whatever the fuck I want it to mean, then it means that if I think it means that. Yes, I was more caught up in the FWAG. Flag? Flagzies. Z-I-E-S. Sounds like your little brother, Zach. (laughs) Look, if you didn't – if there was no alphabet – Fuck, I don't know how to do this. If you want to spell a word and over which way you want, they're all just squiggles that we only know the same thing because we were taught that. If I'm teaching people about foyegzies and the path to foyegzies, I'll spell it however the fuck I want. Foyegzies. I'm you know, you- really impressed by your childlike sense of wonder of the book Frindle. <laughs> I fucking loved that book. It was a good book. It really spoke to me. I- <laughs> Clearly. How many yeah. books have you read since? <laughs> uh, dozens <laughs> believe it or not I'm actually reading a really good book right now what's it called? it's called Cheaters oh yeah you mentioned it's it last about time. the Houston Astros? <laughs> no it's about how to get away with stepping out on your paramour on your what? wow wow Zach used a word that Jack doesn't know no I didn't hear what you said what did oh. you say? Zach's text positive vape. He's like, all right, I know something more than Jack. I just want to live in this moment for a second. I'll let you live in this moment. I'll let you live in this moment. I said it's a book that teaches men how to step out on their paramour without losing them. Hmm. It sounds like a TLC show. Wait, Jack doesn't know what that means? The infamous and almighty Jack? So. For your for trying to target this towards you, it would successfully teach you how to cheat on your wife. So, Zach, let me ask you a question. Before you read this book, still reading it. Yeah, before you started reading that book, did you know what that word was? What paramour? Yeah. 
Yes, and that word's not in the book. Oh. It sounds like you just like memorized the back of it. Like No. <laughs> I saw what you're trying to do there, and yeah. I slapped the gasoline out of your fucking hand. Respect the sidebar. Are we still at a sidebar? Yeah, this is still the sidebar conversation. Oh, when you said Paramore, I just thought of a, a band Paramore. Oh, shit, they're from Franklin, Tennessee. Nice. Haley, like Haley Williams, Williams that's all I know. Yeah, Haley Williams. Um, you know what I wish wasn't... Um, I'm curious. What? Why are you reading a book that justifies you stepping out of your Paramore? Hold on, um, did I use the word correctly, Anthony? Um, yes, you used the word correctly. Yes. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you know this, but I dated this girl for seven years, and she broke my heart because she cheated on me. Okay, first off, you also cheated on her. Like, uh, not even. <laughs> you definitely, okay, how many times did you cheat on her? Successfully, think, like, once. That's it, it was it. a secret open relationship. It there was a mutual mm, understanding that we were both going to make a mistake during college. She cheated on me like three or four times and like fucked a handful of dudes. I got a blowjob. That shouldn't count. Wait, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm, I'm, what do you count as cheating? You said count as cheating as three or four times and then a handful of... Uh, yeah, I'm sure she made up. out and, and blew a bunch of dudes too, but she like legit That's fucked. That's not the definition least. of fucking. What? That's not the yeah, definition Yeah, and then, and then that's why I finished... You know, I didn't aim for the account girl. With gotcha. yeah. <laughs> yeah. One blowjob to, you know, a dozen dicks in her mouth and, and fucked like five dudes. I think that, you know, she won the cheaters. They, okay, she may have won, but you still partook in extra All right, so what gas are you trying to throw on what fire here? Because not, you're asking I'm, me about I'm, a book I'm throwing and why the I was fire reading of, I am I am dousing you with the fire of a four-step. What is your part? You still sound a little bitter about this. Like you want to justify your own actions. And yet you are claiming like, oh, one blowjob to like four. What? No, hold on. Like, no, you still got a blowjob. That's your fucking part. Own First it. off, you're searching here. Second off, searching. I tried to make an amendment. Tell that to story to Blake, your sponsor. Tell him that story and see what he says. I attempted Guarantee to make a, an amends to her. I have done fourth step work on it. She wants nothing to do with me and does not want to speak to me. I've spoken to her mother. I have spoken to her godfather. Uh, I didn't ask uh, for your life stories, Zach. Okay. Um, don't tell me how to fucking work. What's up? <laughs> All I'm saying is you sound a little bitter about the fact that maybe you missed out on an opportunity. To cheat on her? Yes. Yeah. I wish that I had slept with more people instead All of right. staying, trying to own stay it. faithful to her. Just own it. Yeah, for sure. You know how many people I've slept with since then? It's been, I've, been, I've had a good time. You're not supposed to be with one person for the majority of your life. Mm. Mm. It, you know who you're talking to, right? Yeah, two huge simps. <laughs> what year is it? It's 2020. You licking each other's assholes on the first date. <laughs> This has turned into a serious M show. <laughs> that just like broke my brain for a second. <laughs> 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 you got to remember, Anthony, Zach is the most progressive of, among the three of us. Right, right. Which so. is a su huge surprise to me consistently. I know. Right? <laughs> it's a surprise yeah. to me, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, you're upset that you didn't take the opportunity you did when you were 18 to, to just play the field. 
Well, but also like, you know, I wanted to understand the mind of a cheater. You know what I mean? She like, now I have the understanding that she didn't necessarily want to ruin what we had, but she just wanted to have her fun on the side. And if I had known that now, I probably would have stayed with her longer and been much more miserable, but had a lot more experiences. <laughs> that seems like the wrong lesson to take. Wait, so you're not reading this I would book. have been a lot more miserable. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, look, Anthony, she, we all know that you would have been more miserable than Zach in that situation. But. Um, there were things that I enjoyed doing with her, but there's also a lot of things that I don't like about her. But, you know, that's, 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 okay, that's we don't need to get like into that. that. Yeah, we don't need to get into no, that. But point blank period scenarios, hold on. So, this one time early in our relationship, I was delivering pizzas. Uh, remember that we started dating when she turned 18. So, it was my senior year in high school, and I should have fucking cheated on her, and I didn't, like an idiot. And I'm delivering this pizza. <laughs> Out of delivering pizzas. Can that be the title and, of the episode? I should have cheated her, but I didn't like an idiot. <laughs> and I'm not, look, I'm not saying that there's no good relationships out there. Like, yes, if you have the one good for you, but for the rest of us out there trying to have a good time in this world. Um, that so ego since getting laid is just <laughs> amazing. Did you, did you get laid I again recently? It. I absolutely love I, it. We are not talking Keep about flying towards the did, sun, uh, Zach. Wait, did Keep you get flying. laid yet without Can saying I a single word over text? Because Jack was going to lose Can his mind I if he finish did that. the story? No, Jack's just an asshole. Um, <laughs> so I'm delivering pizzas, and there's this one girl who's like, she's got to be in her 30s. She's a beautiful house by the beach, and I deliver this girl pizza like every week, like clockwork. Like, this sounds like sometimes, a bad I know, I know. Sometimes Wait, is twice it, a is week. it like an extra sausage pizza? I Did you order remember. an extra large sausage, Mr. Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> I cannot remember the type of pizza that she ordered. Um, and she had this dog, and the dog was super cool. And one day, she didn't have money for her pizzas, and it was like my last one of the night. So I was like, look, I'll cover your pizza. Get me back next time you order. Next week comes, up, comes around. She specifically asks for me to deliver it. And it's the last delivery of the night again, like usual for her. And she opens the door and I'm like, where's the dog? Making, you know, conversation. And she's wearing a silk, like, robe with lingerie, drinking a large glass of wine and offered me Xanax and if I wanted to come in. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, See? that's what I mean. <laughs> that's the dream right there. That's, oh my, and she was gorgeous too. That's why you like, get into pizza delivery. Yeah, Zach, and you done, you done fucked up. <laughs> and you know what my dumbass said? No thanks. No, I can't. I have a girlfriend. A bitch. She didn't fucking ask. You idiot. Dumb. Like if you, this is like one of those things. If you could go back and tell yourself to do something. She was Zach. offering you sex and drugs. So Zach, yes. Like, in- no. In defense to play devil's advocate, my 18-year-old self would have applauded you. But now that I'm 29, you definitely made the wrong choice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that one goes down as a regret, boys, you know? How often do you get it softballed in like that? You know what I mean? I literally have never had that experience in my life. Have you guys ever had a girl softball it in there for you like that? Like, not like a friend. I mean, my or something, wife is like, like literally 10 feet behind me, so I don't know if I can tell this story. <laughs> uh, you know what? She's a conflict of interest for the podcast. I'm going to need her to go in the other room. Oh, speaking of conflict of interest, 
um, I, my wife uh, told me the other day, she was like, I have, I have some, I have to admit something to you. And I was like, uh, okay. She kind of threw me a curveball. She's like, I listened to your podcast. I was like, oh, okay. All right. That's cool. The first actual female listener we've had. Which episode? Um, I honestly can't remember. Ask her. She's 10 feet behind. Right. Which episode did you listen to? Nine. Episode nine. What happened in it? At 10 this morning? <laughs> no, she, worked, she listened to episode nine the other day, and she was like, look, it, it blew my expectations. I thought it was going to be really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Glad she sets the bar low. Yeah, she set the bar really low. And um, I thought it was pretty funny. And she actually said some nice things about it, uh, about our podcast. And, and then this morning, I come in from running a group, um, and I walk in and she's like scrambling around the computer trying to hide something. I thought she was looking at porn. I mean, that's like the classic, like, oh shit, I'm not watching porn move. And uh, <laughs> no, she was listening to Wet Dad Podcast again. So I think we that's got a right. Friend. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. We are better so, than expectations. Jack, on the, uh, <laughs> you know, than, we're, we're trying to give our listeners some good content to listen to. Answer the question. What was the question? Fuck, oh, I, totally, um, I just asked sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. Um, you know, in college, absolutely. Like, freshman year. That's, see, that doesn't count when I'm talking about softballing. Like, like dude, well, college, everybody's off, fucking everybody. First off, Zach, you did not live in a co-ed dorm for an entire year at a college. I sold yeah. drugs in a college town for three years. Trust me, I college. am more than aware. Not college. Yes, it, Cal Poly is totally a college. No, what you experienced was selling drugs at a college. You didn't experience college. That uh, moved a strike. Moved a strike. Overruled. <laughs> what? How was that overruled? I wanna. I wanna. I, I need you, a short you, recess. You were the and, guy uh, all the college kids went to. Exactly. To That's softballing it in. But college is its own thing where, like, everybody's fucking anyways. It doesn't matter. I mean, like... Yeah, don't tell me that. Why not? Yeah, okay? why not, Anthony? <laughs> Did you have a rough freshman year? I, I, I found drugs to be so much easier to do than to women? try and get Bullshit. laid. Yeah. What? what? Actually, I, I would agree with him on there. Getting high is easier. Than- so I just did drugs. I stopped going out after a certain point. I didn't even go to parties. Yeah, in the end, that was my, my junior year. That was me. Uh, like, and I was so twacked out of my mind. <laughs> See, I I made the mistake of or I don't know if it was a mistake, but I drank on all my meds, so I blacked out. That's how they so really fast. Do the good. Yeah, that's what makes the. I could not uh, hold my liquor at all, so nobody wanted to have sex with me. I mean, I would have guessed that without the. That nobody <laughs> wanted to have sex with me. No, that you well, couldn't hold your liquor. No. <laughs> Well, was it the psych meds or you just couldn't hold your liquor? It was the psych meds. Yeah. A little bit of both. A little column A, a little column B. A little column A. All right. All right. So go. look, I'm going to explain to you from a personal experience what it means to have a girl softball it in there for you. You just did. And you said, I have a girlfriend. Yeah, but I, that wasn't a success story. <laughs> oh, is it now <laughs> Zach's personal sex stories we're going to hear? All right. You know what? Fine. We'll you make this a bit. 
Should we should we move on to another one of the topics, Zach? Because well, if it was before we end up talking about Dick's All Podcast again, you know, if it was Anthony's sex stories, we'd only have three episodes. Uh, that's just mean, dude. Mean. <laughs> you are giving me way, way, way too much credit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Self burn. Those are rare. Uh. I don't know where we'd land on that. Yeah, we kind of took that sidebar and just went swerve. What were we talking about before the sidebar? Wagsies. We were talking about, um, I think we were getting into all of our bottoms. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, because, like, I know we both talked That's about a lot more depressing. sobriety bottoms, but not our last day of drinking. Oh, my last day of drinking is so lame. Like, Mine is if, there, if there's a regret I have, it's my last day of drinking. <laughs> Because um, I had stopped, I, I had like stopped taking Adderall the week before and Vyvanse and all that good stuff. And I slept for a few days and I was starting to get some help. And um, they were like, you have to move into this sober living. And um, I was like, that's super lame. And uh, for some reason, like when I, <laughs> it's not like fucked up. I was, for some reason I thought like uh, moving into a sober living meant like I, I honestly didn't think I had a problem with drinking, even though I had a huge problem with drinking. I thought my problem was like ADHD medication, Vyvanse and Adderall. And uh, so I was like, oh, cool. I can keep my beer in the fridge while I work on the Adderall problem. And, and then, no one will drink my alcohol because they're working on, my roommates are working on their alcohol problem. Like that's how like far. Wait, hold on. Did you bring the alcohol into the sober living? No, I asked. <laughs> I was like, uh, can I bring my beer? <laughs> they were like, what? No. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and uh, so, like, they told me I had to, like, not – I couldn't drink in the sober living. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. All right. Touche, I guess. And so I um, – you know, my, my thought process was I was only going to be there for four months and go back out and do what I did best. And so, like, I had, like – I was like, you know what? I'm taking a pause. I'm just going to go have one Heineken. And that, that is that what you did? Yeah. That sounds Wait, your last drink awful. was one Heineken. First off, Heineken's are great, by the way. Well, no, yeah, yeah, one? but just one? Yeah, it was, yes. That's how fucking lame it was. Because I was just like, because I had to move in by that afternoon, right? I already made the commitment and I was like, fuck it, fine. I'm going to have one oh. last beer. And cause I, like, my, my thought process was like, I'll be back at this in four months. It's not a big deal. My tolerance is going to be lower. I'm going to get real fucked up. It's going to be cheaper for like a brief period of time. And uh, yeah, so I had one beer and then moved into sober living. And uh, I've always regretted that. <laughs> I just remembered what my last high was. What? I I thought it was gonna. I thought I was gonna say my last day getting high was the same it was every day for the rest of the year. Was that I would smoke heroin or fentanyl and take Xanax and black out like usual. But my last high was in the detox. Mm. You, you, I, get, you got on some subs? No, I, uh, for some reason, I, first off, I was in psychosis and refused all, I went to detox and refused all medication that they would give so me. You were on psychosis from fentanyl? Well, no, probably from meth. Oh, yeah. Oh, meth. yeah that'll do it. <laughs> um, <coughs> Sorry. 
um, there was this guy that like I became friends with. We weren't in the detox um, of Brotman. We were in the hospital. So there wasn't like the regular detox search. Or I actually don't really know what detox is. Um, we were just in regular hotel rooms. And this guy came over to my room. And he was like, you, you know, we became friends. And he had some heroin. And he was telling me how he, you know, would uh, come detox every six to nine months. Just, you know, revive his body or whatever. And I remembered stories of my first time in treatment, people telling me that like, you know, you can reuse needles after like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and he took a, a needle out of the sharps container in the hospital room and I shot dope with him. <laughs> it was like the second time I ever shot dope. Ugh. I thought, wow, that- You didn't have, you don't have AIDS? Yeah. Nope. Hepatitis? Nope, no, no, wow. nothing. I Coronavirus? <laughs> that is that wow that's yeah super lucky and coming down off of oh that's what you're worried about is fucking hep c or some shit i have obsessive compulsive disorder the dirtiness of the needle is like equally as concerning as what was <laughs> what it was being used for is a sharps container in a hospital that needle was probably used once right or you know <laughs> i mean obviously not i don't have aids no, I've been tested multiple times. My mom Either made me get tested you, a, a lot. My mom made me get tested a lot my first like two years because she didn't trust me or believe me. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. My, I, so I was a pretty shitty weird last high, you know? Coming off of fentanyl addiction to shoot tar was not, you know. I feel like you, did you even get high? Like, um, you know, see, I didn't really shoot dope. Oh, that okay. was the second time I ever shot dope, so it was like, it was good, but it wasn't like. Zach, here's a question I, I have for you. So, people who get high uh, intravenously with needles um, tend to have a an ego to them. Tend to have a like I'm a better drug addict than you. I'm a harder drug addict than you kind of mentality. Did they? Did you ever get made fun of for like only smoking it? Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, Zach makes fun of me a lot of the time for mostly smoking weed. So yeah, yeah, we all do. It's one of those things that you won't understand until you do it, and once you cross that line, you can't you can't step back over it. You know what I mean? Uh, Okay. All right, makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. I. uh... It's a completely different sensation, but there is their own, you know. There is a different um, romanticizing relationship between chasing the dragon and, you know, shooting dope. There's a process to both, which is what the, you know, which is what we fall in love with. There's a a ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's. Yeah. My, after hearing, after hearing Jack's last time, I'm (laughs) less embarrassed about my last time. Which, uh, I was, uh, smoke word. No, no, that happened after. Did but you smoke last... a joint? I was, I mean, I've been smoking all day, but the last thing I smoked, I was smoking a bowl outside the dorm in college at like, was I don't it know. a Moki? I had a, oh fuck. I forgot what they're called. Um, I don't know. It was a long pipe with a little carb at the bottom of it. 
and it kind of looked like a squid. So I called it Squidward because that was my only friend. And uh, no. <laughs> was it just weed or did you mix it with tobacco? I think it was just weed. What did okay. you call it? A moki? Yeah. Um, there's different names for it. That's yeah, yeah. There's plenty, plenty of names for it. I just never heard that. And uh, I was just like in the process of getting high. And it just it hit me that I had homework due at midnight for a class I hadn't been to since the first week of school. And I was just like, this is not how I saw my life going when I got to college. And, and that was it. I, I, finished, I finished it up and, and decided Dude, the next day I was going to sober. That is like astonishing <laughs> to me that you're thinking about homework during your last high and on my last high, I was completely unaware. It was not even on my radar that I was X amount of money in debt, uh, warrants out. And I didn't even know at the time that I put someone in the hospital that I needed to pay their medical bills. But homework, you know, well, that's stressful too. Yeah. Well, well, the uh, part of it was so much of my life was taken, taken care of because I was in college and my parents were paying for it. And I mean, I had loans too, but it was like, what one of the analogies I heard when I got into the rooms was like, people would start talking about like the exit lanes off the freeway and be like, I could have taken one here. I could have taken one here. And I just always feel like I took the first one that came, came to me. Yeah. And hindsight's a bitch. I wish I had done that. Yeah, and I was so like, I probably could have gotten sober at like 18 easily or not easily, but I, I definitely qualified at 18. I think the first time my mom tried to put me in like a drug treatment was when I was like 15, she tried to take me like, um, after school. Drug Did she say, Hey, or... we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> Um, no, but I did make friends there and then we would just ditch together. And like a week later, I didn't even attempt to pretend to go anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. So who has the, who, who do you think has the lamest story? One beer, smoking a bowl and realizing they had homework due <laughs> or, uh, going from fentanyl to tar. I mean, they Steph- all suck. <laughs> I, I, I think Zach's whole pull the needle out of the sharps container. I didn't do that. He did. No, no. And then you shared it with the guy who did. Like, I feel like that. I feel like that's a lot more of what people who aren't sober think about drug addicts doing as their bottom. Like on that would, that one ends up on TV a lot more than either of ours. Well, look, it's on the, on the, East Coast, it's not uncommon to A, share needles, and B, use needles multiple times. That's a West Coast bougie thing to like. I was unaware we had bougie drug addicts. Oh, yeah. It's LA. We have bougie everything. Yeah, sorry. Didn't know. Yeah, they only shoot their dope with coconut water. (laughs) (laughs) You like that one? It's like like getting high and detoxing at the same time. Yeah. Ugh. That's a terrible. Oh, sorry, cleansing, cleansing, because those are big around yeah. here. I just mm, still sound like opposites. But remember when you guys tried to do a juice cleanse? Yeah, it was I was going Jack strong. Won. I was going strong, and then Zach. That's, I think that's how we really actually became friends. Are we going to do this juice cleanse again? No, God, no, it was terrible. Anthony, no, I don't. 
Because here's you know, the thing. I keep on trying to challenge you assholes to literally anything. Pick you, something. I I did two years ago, two and a half years ago, I did a basically what was a crash exercise, crash diet exercise thing for a, uh, a fitness company where I was like trying out their new exercise machine and they were like taking before and after photos of us and they put us on a very strict diet. And I, it was a keto diet and they took us off all carbs for the last three weeks. And I was so fucking hungry. I started praying every day. Like, so I don't do crash diets anymore. It was the worst experience of my life, even though I lost 20 pounds. So I don't do crash diets anymore. Here's the thing so, about the, the cleanse that we did, the juice cleanse, the lemon, just during a lemonade. That, of all the research I did on it, none of them, not one single blog, not one single experience on the internet. So did somebody say, it absolutely rots out your teeth. Mm. Because all you're drinking is lemonade, sugar, and a, little, and a little cayenne pepper. I got you. are putting way too much cayenne in there, by the way. You were putting way too much cayenne in there. Well, you tried to make like three gallons at a time. It didn't work. Yeah. I, okay. One gallon, Mr. Exaggerator. But all right. I, but I, I, I also do have a statement. Like eight times a day doing that. Like, I was just like, this sucks. And then you're exhausted, like ah, oh, so. And it, like, I remember how tired you guys were. Yeah, like yeah, that was, was just. Awesome. It was very enervating. <laughs> yes, I did just. Oh yeah, I got my fucking words. words this week. He What's did. Up? He did. What's up? Come at me, bro. Um. So hold on. Uh, to bring this back to episode like two or three or some shit like that. Who even knows if they're in the right order? Um. You guys said that after, you know, when COVID started opening things up, that we would all get a uh, pedicure together. And I have it. Yes, I have it on good. Uh, I, I don't know the word I'm trying to say there. I, um, I have heard from females that the nail salons are open. Yeah, I'm not so, going to a nail salon. Yeah, I'm not. That sounds like Kara. Kara, I need your help. Jack Kara, needs a pedicure. Please explain to them why going to a a nail salon be a terrible You idea. said you would. You can wear a mask. They're touching your feet. I mean, for me, that's over six feet away. I know for you, it's only four. She refers to the common sense. Uh, that's probably not a good idea. It doesn't seem super high on the list. It, it's not super high on the list of things I'm willing to take a risk for to do. Yeah. I like barely eat at restaurants still. I like don't like we still, we go to restaurants, we get takeout. We don't sit there. Only only time I eat at restaurants is in Colorado, where they get fewer cases a day than we do in LA. Like as a state. I hate both of you. Look, Zach, it's just it's not our fault there's a fucking virus going around. You're just trying to assuage your way out of not getting a pedicure. You think I'm gonna forget? Look, I'm fine. Look, I will say well, first off, two two things I've about the pedicure. All right? Two thirds. <clears throat> One, I'm extremely serious on the bottom of my feet. I'm going to kick them. Like we will like, give them a preamble. No, they're still going to touch it. And I'm yeah, still it's still going to happen. Yeah. You might flinch. Two, Trust me, you're not the only person to have two, your here's, feet. Here's the other thing. So by the time when, I'm, when I move to the Virgin Islands, you know, everyone kind of walks around barefoot, right? You build up calluses on your feet. No. Don't scrape those away. No, I don't want them to scrape away. I like my calluses. I can walk over shit barefoot. I want soft feet. It's fucking lame. Soft American feet. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that shit. I like being able to walk barefoot places and not 
have my feet hurt. Which is a very unpopular opinion, by the way, in America. <laughs> so yeah, like I'll. I'll this get, is like, happening. I don't care. This is happening. I'll gladly maybe not today. Manicure. Maybe not tomorrow. Look, I'll get the manic. Can I get a manicure instead? Is that fine? You can get a manicure and pedicure, but you can't just get just a manicure. I can't just get a mani. Yes. Look, they're gonna. Okay, first up, they're. I'm gonna kick them, and then they're gonna scrape away my calluses, which I've been building up for 15 years. You can tell them not to scrape the calluses. What's the point of getting a pedicure? For your massage toes. Massage and the oil, and it cleans up your toes and gets away the dead skin. It's for all the fun the colors calluses. you put on your toes. <laughs> no, not the calluses. I'll gladly get the mani. All right, so you're gonna get the pedi. I can't get the petty, dude. Yes, you can. No. Listen. Anthony, tell him that he already agreed to this and to stop being a little bitch. No, I'm not going out. I'm not going to get a pedicure right now. Yeah. All right, fine. Right, not right now, but we're still doing this. Yeah, no, I'm totally down to get a mannequin. You guys are awful when it comes to challenges. Listen, Life is I, difficult I, enough. I don't I need feel I value the calluses on my feet. You know, if I said, let's have a French fry pasta eating conversation you challenge, you guys would fucking eat that up in a second. Dude, actually, here's the thing. So I've gotten to the point where my body cannot handle an overflow of French fries. Did you, did you eat too many French fries after depriving yourself French fries? Now you can't eat French fries anymore? No, 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 no. I just can't overeat them. Like, I wake up in the middle of the night sweating. Oh, moderate like French, French fry sweats, eating. Dude. Like the meat sweats, but the French fries. Potato sweats. We were supposed to go to Mr. Fry's after you got married. And we yeah, still then the that. virus happened. Like, dude, why this virus is pissing me off right now. I'm sorry the virus has mildly inconvenienced you, Zach. Thank you. I was waiting for someone to say it. I feel, I mean, you I still do the same, but it's, at least, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd still love to go to Mr. Fry's, you know, but. You know, virus. Yeah. Speaking of virus and eating at restaurants, it's about Taco O'Clock. Yeah, it is yeah, about I was, Taco O'Clock. We have a hard out at 7.30. Well, and Anthony has to, you know, drive 20 minutes his from... way over. Yeah. So Jack and I will go eat a taco while we wait for you. Okay. We'll just order one taco. <laughs> yeah. No, you won't. Dude, well, last time... Zach, last time, what did you say last time? You were like, what's fucking taking them so long? And like, said it really loudly. Thank you, listeners, once again, for listening to another episode of Wet Dad Podcast. If you want more entertainment or questionable entertainment, as we like to call it, please check out our Patreon. Please give us money so we can buy more stuff for this podcast to bring you more questionable entertainment. Please also Wait, check man. out our email at wetdadpodcast at gmail.com. Please check out our Instagram where we post all the wonderful, wonderful content that we have of Zach and his selfies uh, at What Dad Podcast. Uh, what Dad Podcast is brought to you by Unwritten Content, which provides content marketing and copy editing. I help people and businesses who are experts in their field express their knowledge in a way that is entertaining and informative. What Dad Podcast is also brought to you by Keep Left Recovery, a sober coach and sober companion and counseling service located on the west side of LA. Keep Left Recovery specializes in helping young people embrace recovery and helps them tell the stories they did not know they had inside. Helps you assuage through life and break. All right, oh, you want on. me to stop Anthony. recording? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, Anthony, you can feel free to put this wherever you want. But so the uh, the one that I did softball get softballed in. Um, if you were high enough, she looked like Reese Witherspoon. 
Okay. Do you know who that is? The Legally Blonde Chick? Yes. I yes, know who that is. with this movie. about the movie since then, but yes. Yeah, that's the only one people care about. Um, so this girl lived in the building next to me when I was living with my uncle, and it was right after uh, that chick broke up with me, or I broke up with her for cheating. We were, like, separated for six months before we got back together for another six months. And um, I see this girl carrying her laundry in, and she dropped something. And like, I picked up her panties. I'm like, oh, hey, you dropped this. And then I start talking to her. I'm like, so what are you doing tonight? And she literally said, and I'm not joking, you, if you play your cards right. That's pretty awesome. Did you guys have yeah. sex? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. And then I had to stop. <laughs> and there's a possibility. She left open the possibility that you could play your cards wrong. So Yes, she did. Um, well, because she was – so this is also the oldest woman I ever had sex with. She was like 45, and she was a bartender. So she had a lot going for her, you know? Um, but her boyfriend was – her boyfriend was in the military, and uh, so I had to stop sleeping with her when um, when he came back from serving our country. Yeah, you're definitely yeah. a Soviet spy. <laughs> no, we only we only hooked up for like a couple months, and it wasn't like it wasn't like we talked. She would just hit me up when Your she got. Your ability to justify horrendous behavior amazes me. I was in my addiction. Yeah, you know, it only happened a couple months. For a few months, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't know until like the. Okay, I knew. <laughs> I didn't know until immediately that she had a boyfriend. I didn't know he was in the military until... I'm calling bullshit on that. Of course he knew he was in the military. She didn't tell me that the first day. I didn't know. I'd have told you the fifth day. She definitely told me sooner than I'm leading on to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean... It was perfect, though, because, like, I'd get up for work at, like, 4 to go smoke heroin, and she'd get home from the bars around 3.30, you know, after work. And I'd bang her out before I left her work, and she'd get laid before she went to sleep. A match made in heaven. Yeah. Dude, it was so cheesy. The first time I went over there was, like, on her day off, and, like, I thought I was all cool bringing, like, a six-pack of beer and, you know. And she was like, I'm a bartender. (laughs) <laughs> no she yeah yeah right. and and then she was like yeah you don't have to wine and dine like you know what this is right like just call me when you're horny and then we went into her bed and we fucked all right well we have to end on that wonderful story oh by the way i think we should have definitely a suicide disclaimer oh yeah, yeah. absolutely if anybody is suicidal ideations please contact the hotline i'm sure Anthony will provide it later if you are struggling with suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255.